You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Welcome to the mission. Welcome to those that are online as well. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm part of the teaching team here at the mission. Um, continue to keep our pastor Jason in prayer. Uh, he had been, thought he was going to be back this week, and then Friday took, took a little turn for the worse. So just keep uh, praying for him and his recovery from illness. Um, I have to tell you, I'm really nervous about speaking today. Uh, it doesn't usually happen because uh, I'm going to do something I'm very uncomfortable with, um, and uh, something that's sort of outside of who I normally am, and it's, I'm going to share a little bit about my own feelings, so it's terrible. <laughs> um, but uh, So this summer, my wife and I will celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary, so that's amazing. She's the one that deserves the praise. 30 years of putting up with me is quite something, so... But I was thinking, I just, I love the fact that God has given me an absolutely amazing wife. I love her. I love her just tremendously. And um, I, I love the fact that she's beautiful, uh, both externally and internally. She's uh, uh, just kind to people, a person of integrity. Um, I love the fact that she finds ways to befriend people. I love the fact she's not in here today. She's out there, so I don't have to, like, turn red as I'm talking about these things. But... <laughs> I love the fact that we share life together, right? I love the fact that we can do things that we enjoy together. So we work out every day. We uh, love doing walks together. We love doing hikes. We run somewhat together. Um, uh, not quite so much in that category. Um, but we, we love doing things together. I love the fact that I love doing things for her, right? I, I like cooking. It's what I do for, for us in our, um, for almost every night. I love the fact that for 30 years, I've been the person cleaning the, the restrooms at our house, the bathrooms at our house. I don't really like cleaning the restrooms, but it is an expression of my love. And I've shared this before. We first got married. You know, we talked about this thing. We both were going to be professionals, and we had this idea that we wanted to split, you know, the household chores. We're going to do this 50-50 because that's the right thing to do. And, uh, and, and we did, but, you know, there actually created a little bit of conflict early on because, you know, you're always thinking about, is this 50-50? And the reality is what changed for us is that we changed our perspective where out of love, I wanted to do everything I possibly could for her. And out of her love, she wanted to do everything she possibly could for me. And that just changes. It's no longer 50-50. We don't even worry about that anymore, right? So I love doing great things, kind things for my wife. Um, I love the fact that she's successful at what she does, uh, she's a great realtor, and I take pride in that. I take joy in that. I love talking about her business with her and helping her think about how it could grow and, and celebrating the successes that I have in it, or she has in it. Um, I love the fact that she's smarter than I am sometimes. Um, but now she's always smarter than him. I only love it sometimes, okay, just for the record. <laughs> Uh, but but I, I love that about her, that I, we, can, um, we can have that. I love the fact that we raised kids together and, uh, and had the joys of being parents uh, together. Um, I love the fact that we can just share the everyday stuff of life with each other. And as I was thinking about this for today, there's sort of, there's a lot more I could say, right? There's a lot more I could say about that love, but, uh, but Valentine's is coming. We'll save some of it for that, but... Um, but there's five things I really wanted to highlight about our love that, believe it or not, are going to relate to the sermon today, okay? <laughs> so number one is that we love time together. 
This is sort of ridiculous. We work like an eight or nine hour day. And when we get together at the end of the day, there's joy in seeing each other. There's a, I missed you today. Isn't that incredible, right? Just one day. And sometimes even we'll, you know, get away from work at lunchtime just so we can interrupt the day and see each other. We love spending time together. Um, Second thing about us is our relationship grows stronger when uh, we communicate. So our relationship grows stronger when we communicate. Um, When we were uh, dating, um, I wasn't particularly good about talking about feelings, probably still not great, but she's learned to understand me better. But we... um, we, you know, I, I would have, we would have some conflict because I wasn't very good about talking about the stuff of life. And the reason we love each other more now than I did 30 years ago is because we've learned to communicate. And through communication, we've developed a deeper and deeper relationship. Third thing about us is that we share our thoughts and feelings, our disappointments and joy. Um... I love that uh, little picture of it because the reality is we share the stuff of life, right? There's not a topic that's taboo that we're not going to talk about. We're going to talk about those kind of things. It's not like I just share like, hey, there's the fun things, the good things that are happening. We talk about those things. No, we also talk about the tough stuff that's happening. When we wake up in the night and, um, uh, you know, are thinking about our children and uh, our adult children and some of the decisions that they're making in life right now that are um, just lead me to my knees all the time. We talk about those things. We pray together in that moment, but there's, there's an aspect of our relationship that we share all of the stuff of life, and there's a, a great comfort in that because I know this is somebody that cares for me and wants what's best for me, and she knows the same thing, that I care for her and want what's best, and there's a relief that comes in that sharing even of the tough stuff of life. Uh, we prioritize time together. So it's very easy, like, um, and this is, this is, it's very easy for the world to get really, really busy, right? And we have to prioritize our coming together and finding those, those, that time together. Um, and this is not necessarily how everyone else would do it, but for us, um, we don't typically have a, like, she doesn't have a really strong girlfriend group that she does a whole bunch of stuff with. I don't really have a strong group of guy friends that I do a bunch of stuff with. And part of the reason for that is because we're really, really busy in our work lives, and this is a way that we can prioritize those, that time together. Not everybody has to make that decision, but that's one of the things that we've done um, because we want to prioritize being able to have time uh, together. And then finally, uh, number five, even in the most mundane activities, we can talk and enjoy each other's company. I'll give you my like, chief example of this. We are like those Fitbit addicts that have to get the number of steps, and 10,000 wasn't good enough for us. We have 11,000 steps a day as our goal. So there's usually two or three times a week where we haven't reached our step goal by the evening, and um, so we'll go like 8.30, 9 o'clock at night and go out and do a walk. And uh, so what happens on that walk, though, is it's not just about getting those steps. It's an incredible chance to chat together about how our day went and, uh, and how, you know, different, you know, thoughts, feelings, whatever else had gone on in the course of that day and, or planning ahead or thinking ahead, all those kind of things. So in this most mundane of activities, just a little walk at night, a couple thousand steps to get the steps that we need to reach our goal, yet it leads to a greater relationship between us because it's an opportunity to communicate in that stuff of life. 
here's something that's really important to you. I don't do, we don't do those things because they work, right? That's not why, oh, I'm going to do this because it works. It creates a better relationship. I do them because they flow out of my love for her. She does them because they flow out of her love for me. It's a natural part of our relationship because we have a love one for another. And I started to think about this, and we're going to switch now and actually talk about the sermon. Um, But this relates, and uh, this relates for a reason. We've been going through this sermon series of being on mission, with God, on mission in certain categories, right? So the sermon series began being on mission, uh, with God on mission in the word, which related to our study of scripture, meditating on his word. Uh, The second week was on uh, being with God on mission in community, the idea that the early church was characterized by this deep love uh, for each other, this living in community. It's God's desire for us that we live in community. Uh, Last week, we looked at being with God on mission uh, as it related to self, not selfishness, but self-care. And uh, this week, we're going to be looking at being with God on mission in prayer. And the point I want you to see as we develop this is that our prayer life with God, our communication with God, stems out of the great demonstration of his love that he's given to us in my response of love to him. And I want you to see that those same five points that characterize my life with Jody actually relate to how we think about uh, our relationship with God, our prayer life with God. So let's look at those again. First of all, we love time together. Guess what? We love, God and I love time together. God wants time with you. Uh, We see this in a couple places in Scripture. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Or 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Never stop praying. These verses imply this idea of this constantly recurring prayer that grows out of a a settled attitude of dependence on God. Whether these words are are uttered, you know, spoken aloud, or or whether it's something that happens in our heart, it's this idea that is that we're uh, thinking about God, communicating God, while involved in the miscellaneous duties of just life. And that's that's the picture that's given in there. And it's this idea of these prayers being spontaneous and punctuating our everyday life. God loves it when we spend time together. We love time together. Second correct characteristic is our relationship grows stronger when we communicate. Psalm 42.8 says this, But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Isn't that a great picture, right? This idea that God has poured out his love on me. That's the basis of prayer is God's demonstration of love for me in my response in love to him. And how do I respond as it describes it there? I sing his songs. I pray to God. I recognize the fact that he gives me life. And as I do that, and I do that regularly, my relationship with God grows stronger. Third characteristic, we share our thoughts and feelings our disappointments and joys. Guess what? God doesn't just want to hear from you when, you know, it's, there's a, a new car that you want. God doesn't want to just hear from you when you want to give a quick little blessing on the front end of a, uh, a, a, a meal you might be having together. God doesn't want to just hear from you when you, you know, show up here on a Sunday morning. God wants, God wants to hear from you 
on the stuff of everyday life. There's no topics that are taboo. Um, when you do a study on the word prayer in Scripture, when you look into this, uh, do a Bible concordance study, the, one of the first spots that shows up several different times uh, relates to uh, in Genesis uh, where um, uh, Rachel has uh, not been able to have a child. She's uh, Jacob's wife, and her sister Leah has had 10 sons, uh, multiple daughters, and in the culture of that day, she was looked down upon. There was something wrong with her that she hadn't been able to have children, and uh, she would have been seen as maybe being even cursed by God. And so one of the first times that you see a lot of the word prayer in Scripture is in this passage because it talks about her pouring out her heart to God, just sharing her deepest desire for her to be able to have a child, and later she does have Joseph and Benjamin and so on. Um, but there's a, there's a sense that she's sharing her deepest disappointments. You jump ahead a few uh, Bible uh, books, and you're at the book of 1 Samuel. And there we come across Hannah, who's in the temple uh, praying. And uh, she's pouring out her heart to God, and she's doing it. Again, she's not been able to have a child. Again, that would have been seen as being accursed in their culture of that day uh, time period. Uh, she's pouring out her heart to God, and she's doing so so emotionally that Eli, the priest, actually comes to her and says, you know, have you been drinking? You know, what's wrong with you? It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. You know, what's, got, what's going But that's the depth of her emotion that she was expressing to the Lord through prayer. And, and it doesn't just happen in that. If you go jump ahead into the Psalms, we see David over and over and over again expressing a wide variety of emotions, from the joys of, of victory in situations to, the, uh, to confession when he knows that he's sinned, uh, to prayer because he's dealing with his enemies. We see this uh, complete pouring out of, of what's going on in his life, the everyday of stuff of life in his relationship with God. Uh, we see this in the New Testament in a sort of different kind of way because it's the idea that um, we don't just ask once and check that off and think it's done, right? Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 says this, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be open. God is begging you to keep bringing things to him. It's not that you do this once, you check it off, I've got it done, and I can go on with my life, and well, he's heard my prayer, that's all there has to be to it. God is begging you, keep on asking, it's okay. And that's our natural thing, right? When I'm in a conversation with Jody about something and it's something important, oftentimes I don't just say it once, we say it again and again, right? It's part of what life is like in a relationship. Uh, or James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. For confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Isn't that passage neat? There's not just a certain like, oh yeah, when you have this kind of thing, you can bring it to the Lord. Think about what's in there. You know, it's this idea that, hey, when tough stuff is happening, pray about it. When you're dealing with illness, pray about it. When good things are happening in your life, praise about it. When you are, you know, have sinned and you need to confess, pray about that. When you have, see somebody else that's in need, pray about that. So you have this sense that 
everything is open for us to bring to the Lord. We bring our, our uh, hopes and fears, our desires, our joys, our disappointments. We bring all of those things to the Lord. Number four, we prioritize time together. This is huge. I mean, we live in a culture that's busy, 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 right? I mean, um, and it's becoming more true elsewhere, but I mean, California was the home of drive-through food for a reason. You know, like it's, this is, we have the busiest pace of life of anywhere in the country. That People don't do drive-through like they do in California, okay? Everywhere else in the uh, United States. It's a big thing here because we're living life like this, and yet God's desire is that we prioritize time with him, that would find a way in the busyness of life to ensure that we're spending time on that relationship because that relationship is so important. Um, Acts 2.42 says this, uh, all the believers, this is the, talking about the early church right after the, uh, the Holy Spirit is, is poured out on people. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. That term devoted themselves. That means making it a priority. They're committed to it. They found a way in everything else they were doing to say, hey, we're going to spend time in prayer. Um, this is God's desire is that we would prioritize time together. And then number five, even in the most mundane activities, we can talk and enjoy each other's company. Here's the reality. You're doing things in your life right now that you could begin to incorporate just a, a regular conversation with God in them. You're driving to work every day. Um, that's a great time to pray. You're sitting in a really boring meeting at work, as long as I'm not leading the meeting. Um, just kidding. You're in a really boring meeting at work. Great time to pray. Um, you're, you know, uh, out for a walk. Great time to pray. There's the mundane activities, the everyday stuff of life that you can take and make be part of your prayer life. Prayer is not just something that happens when we, you know, come to church on a Sunday morning or we have a time of prayer with our grow group or we, uh, you know, stop and bless the food before we eat or maybe you, you it's, uh, hit your knees at the side of your bed before you go to bed at night. That's, those might be fine and they're good things to do. There's nothing wrong with those, but prayer should be this, uh, this constant exchange uh, that's characteristic of my relationship with God and is characteristic of my relationship with people that I really love, right? When I'm with them, I'm, I'm in constant communication. I'm in constant communication with God because he's always with me. And that's the, 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 the power and joy of it. So I can do this in the most mundane of everyday activities. So there were a lot of directions that I could have gone thinking about this whole topic of prayer, right? We could talk about how to pray, uh, look at the Lord's Prayer as a model for how we pray. We could have, uh, you know, talked about the, the great power and, um, of praying for others. Uh, we could have uh, looked at, uh, you know, the, uh, how often we should be praying, the discipline of prayer. There were a lot of things to do, but I really I came at this today because I really feel like God showed, showed this to me from this perspective that prayer stems from prayer. It comes from the fact that God has poured out his love. He's demonstrated his love to me in my prayer life is my response in love to God. And it's a relationship. It's something that's constantly happening. And, um, uh, and that's, I think, a way to understand it that helps us make sense of it. I, uh, and to begin just to see that whole demonstration of love, I, I do want to share uh, this, this simple message, the salvation, that what makes this make sense for us is that 
you and I as human beings, we disobey God. We do things that God does not want us to do. We're born with a sin nature that separates us from God. And God, in that sin where we're separated from God, God said, I still love you. God still loves you. God loves you and wants to be in a relationship with you. And he said, I have made a way. I sent my son because we needed to have a perfect way of paying the price for those bad things you've done, those sins that you've done. I've sent my son to earth. Jesus lived a sinless, perfect life. At the end of his life, he he died a, a cruel death on the cross. And while he was hanging on the cross, the sins of the world, the punishment that you and I deserved was poured out on him in that moment. And, he, and in that, he pays the price. He takes away the punishment that you and I deserve if we're willing to accept his gift. And so all we have to do as, as uh, human beings is to say, God, I recognize the fact that I'm a sinner. I've offended you. I've sinned against you, uh, yet you've provided a way. I accept this gift that Christ has given to me. And so in that process, in that moment, we become a believer. We become restored to relationship with God. But that, what I just described is the exhibition, the demonstration of God's love to us. And when you think about it, what he's done for us, the natural response is our uh, exhibition, our demonstration of love for him that comes through particularly in my prayer life, in my communication with God, in my constant uh, conversation that I have, this ongoing conversation that I have uh, with God. And it comes through, like it comes through in the fact that we love time together, that our relationship grows stronger than we communicate. We can share the everyday stuff of life, our joys, our disappointments, our thoughts, our pains, our, our hurts, all those kinds of things, uh, that we prioritize time together, and that even in the most mundane of activities, I can be in constant communication and relationship with him. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for uh, the fact that you uh, have made a way for us to be in relationship with you. Lord, we thank you that you have shown your love to us, and it's so natural that uh, once I've accepted what you've done, that I would want to show my love to you. I'd want to be in communication the way a real relationship takes place, Lord. I just would ask that every person here would see that and desire that for themselves, Lord, that our walk with you would be characterized by this kind of constant communication of knowing that we rest in you, uh, but that we're in relationship that allows us to be in communication in a spontaneous kind of way throughout our day. Lord, I just would ask that uh, that would become our being on mission uh, with you in 2022. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.